Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Like this throw right here. It's Adams again! The connection and the touchdown! 73 yards! Be violent. Go get it. Don't let nothing stop you. Gotta fight for everything. It's Hogan Johns. It's really cool just to see how much the city of Chicago, you know, the Bears organization, the Bears fans, show love to a family that they barely even know. It is amazing. I love it. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Hogue. There's no ducking anybody in the NFL. It's like the Lions still have NFL players. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. You know, hasn't Justin Fields done enough to at least pique your interest to see what he can do yeah. with them too? It's the Adams. That's the best in the city of Chicago. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you, and this podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together with the best live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Welcome into game week. We are here. We have made it. It is post Labor Day. The Bears are preparing for the Los Angeles Rams, and boy, are we ready! I can tell you that. Are you sure? I was ready like three weeks ago. When the Bills were in town, not the Bills, the Dolphins were in town, was it? Wasn't that three weeks ago? I don't know. I, that I feels like, that feels like six practices. weeks ago. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now the weeks start to fly by. This is the, the time where I tell you the, that before you know it, we're in week seven, which would be the Packers, I believe, but it's going to fly by, Adam. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's jump right in. I should warn everyone that uh, so where I record looks straight outside and um, I think I don't know if we're going to get through this podcast. There is just like a massive storm bearing down outside this window. And so uh, you, I'm guessing you're actually probably hear thunder during this thing, which is fine. Um, I just hope it, <laughs> the connection stays strong. It looks ugly out there, man. You better be when it, ready when it gets dark. Oh, yeah, I'm next. It's going to hit me the, first, then it's coming the for you. From suburbs to the city. Yeah. Power goes out. Then you have problems. Podcasts cannot be done without power. Yeah. Well, there's a storm of brewing, right? And uh, th- that's how it always is with the Chicago Bears as we go into game weeks. You know, so there are so many storylines. Um, and they're all the same right now, it feels like. It's seriously like it, I was thinking about why on a Tuesday here of a game week, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like, what do I even write about or talk about at this point? And it's because like usually on a Tuesday, we're still kind of tying up what happened on Sunday, the game before, but there is no game this week. There is nothing to, to really talk about uh, from that perspective. So it's just like kind of digging up these same storylines. So we thought it'd be fun to do an episode on the storylines we hate about the Chicago Bears. <laughs> the ones we're just tired about as we head into this week. And, um, you know, maybe we could have some fun with uh, 
you know, some prop bets, things like that, the over-under on the bear season, things like that as well as we get through this episode. Um, because when, when Thursday hits, when Thursday's episode hits, we will be diving into a deep preview on the Los Angeles Rams, our weekly preview episode. We'll pick some games like we always do. Uh, and I'm looking forward to those episodes returning. But yeah, uh, the storylines we hate about this team and we will jump in follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns you can read me at NBC Sports Chicago dot com uh, Adam Johns at the athletic the athletic dot com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe uh, check out our YouTube channel where you can be watching us and uh, maybe as the the storm just crashes these windows in front of me that'll be quite a scene to see on YouTube if you want to check that out um, uh, subscribe and uh and uh, hit that notification bell to hear when we go live. Uh, and our shirts, I got a Hogan John shirt on today. The old orange one. Uh, it's up for you on obviousshirts.com. And our whole collection is there. We'll have more, too, as the season rolls along. All right, John Z, why don't you kick us off? What are you, what are you most sick of? Number one, the Robert Quinn potential bounce back season. Oh, yes. This is a good one. There can't be any bounce if, like... <laughs> Well, if he gets three sacks, he is successfully yes. on the rebound. He, he has bounced back, but that's still not enough. No. That's still not enough. So the, the Robert Quinn, the the what can you expect from Robert Quinn? Is he healthy? Is he durable? Is he capable enough at this point in his career? I am sick of it. Um, let's just see what, what happens. My expectations for that storyline are very low. I got a bold predictions column coming out tomorrow on The Athletic where I predict that. Here's a tease. Travis Gibson will have more sacks than him, almost. We'll even say double the amount wow. that Robert Quinn has. Wow. Yes. So I am tired of that storyline. Not buying the comeback story. No. And I enjoy a good comeback story. Who doesn't? I'd See, I actually think he is going to have a better year, but I also think that there's a limit because I don't expect him to play any more snaps than he played last year, which was 51% of the defensive snaps. I think that's going to be part of the plan to get more out of him is to play him and manage his reps. Um, so but didn't they but, already do some of that last year? Yeah, but I think that was after he got hurt. You know what I mean? And now he's already dealing with stuff. I understand yeah. that, but I, I, <laughs> I think it's, thing. Well, yes and no, I, but I th- I think it's start the maintenance before it's necessary, right? Well, maybe it is already necessary, but you know, don't let him get hurt significantly to the point his abilities are actually limited when he is out there. So if you play him less and that keeps him closer to 100% when he is actually rushing the quarterback, that's better than if he's not out there because he can't rush at 100%, if that makes sense. So... I don't know, but I still I'm with you. I'm with you. I like what's if I set the over under at four and a half sacks for Robert Quinn under under. Okay, I'll take the over, but only because I think it'll be like five. Okay, yeah. So I think Travis Gibson can get five or six this year. That's probably a bold prediction. That's a real bold prediction. But well, I don't. I think it's doable though because if and I think I've said this before, Robert Quinn is not on the field. Somebody else has to be. And that means, I think, more of Travis Gibson because it's going to be Gibson or Jeremiah Tachu. And they... If there's one thing we've learned about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. They love their draft picks, right? They sometimes fall in love with them too much, I think. But in this case, I like what I've seen from Gibson. I think that... Uh, and I said this on the radio last last week. I think he's kind of a sneaky 
a sneaky player that can end up having a huge impact on this team. So I think you and I see eye to eye on that one. That yeah, I, Gibson- I think we all. It, it, there's going to be one-on-one matchups mm-hmm. for anybody who plays opposite Cleo Mack. And you know Sean Desai will be a little bit more creative with his schemes up front. He will be significantly more than Chuck Pagano. But those one-on-one matchups, Robert Quinn, when he had them last year, did not win enough of them. And I think Travis Gibson, depending on who the tackle is or even who the tight end is, should be able to handle more of those. All right. For me, I'm going to go to the wide receivers. And this is just such a tired storyline to me. It is every single year, it seems like there's a new crop of random wideouts. Is this going to be another rant about speed? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but that's basically it. And unfortunately, like, I think the same thing might end up happening here in this uh, podcast is what we're kind of complaining about, which is like bringing up the same stuff over and over again because that's just kind of where we're at. But look, the bottom line is I think the Bears have two wide receivers and they pretty much have two wide receivers. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, yeah, there's going to be random throws to Demary's bird and, and uh, Marquise Goodwin. But like, what are we talking? We're talking about one or two catches a game, right? You know, I, I think that the bears third leading wide receiver will rank what six or seventh on the team and catches when it's all said and done. Cause I put Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, um, you might even have like Damian Williams ahead of there, depending on when, if and when Tariq Cohen comes back, he could be end up higher on that list than like whoever the third wide receiver is. Is that fair? And Tariq Cohen will come back. Did you mention him? You listed a bunch of guys. Yes. Um, to me, like, like there, there's this spread the wealth approach that hasn't existed in the Bears offense the past couple of years. Now, some of that last year is because Tariq Cohen's injury. Some of it is the lack of development from Anthony Miller. But that's why Allen Robinson's become such a star in Chicago, right? Because that he's been the offense. Not only consistent, but productive. He's been the one true professional of that offense. Well, the rest yeah. of it has pretty much stunk. Let's be honest. He's been that good. But 2018... Like, if you look it up, like, there was a spread-the-wealth approach where Allen Robinson only had one more target than a Taylor Gabriel, and right behind them was Tariq Cohen. And, and I know that Robinson missed a few games that year, but I think that spread-the-wealth approach returns this year. I'm not saying Marquise Goodwin's going to get 90 or so targets, but you know who could? Maybe a Cole Komet. Maybe a combination of Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham because – Second year for Jimmy Graham in the offense. Second year for Cole Clement in the NFL. There could be an increase there. David Montgomery could be a better, uh, bigger factor in this offense as well. So I know what you're saying um, about the receivers, but I do think there'll be some production, some some storylines where we're talking about a 60-yard Marquise Goodwin touchdown, and it makes for a nice sidebar on a game day. It just I, I feel like the whole Ryan Pace era, we've seen how many wide receivers come. It's like a new crop every year. And other than Allen Robinson, which was a great signing, obviously. But I'm talking more about the guys that have been signed to be more like the number two or number three wide receivers. And Mooney was a great pick, but I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about the Marcus Wheatons of the world, right? Like there's oh, been going s- back. There's been so I don't think he I don't think he even made the team, Marcus Wheaton. Or I think he sat on the bench the whole year or something. I, and, and then and then trading for Dontrell Inman, like guys like that. Um, 
the point is, I think Taylor Gabriel is a good example. Like that's the one that worked out. And even he though had a concu- too many concussions and had to go away. I mean, like it, it's it's been a a really hard battle. I feel like for the Bears to find those re- the reliable depth at wideout, whether it's been through the draft and now cutting guys like Javon Wims and Riley Ridley. Um, or or if it's been in free agency. So I'm just, hey, the segment is Tired Bear Storylines, and I am tired of hearing about these third and fourth wideouts that just never work out. Prove me right. wrong. Prove no, me wrong. You're right, right. All right, my next one's kind of a big one, Ooh. and we kind of buried the lead on this. But I it's am, because we're tired of it. Yes, it's because I'm extremely tired of it, and I know this makes for good dialogue. I, I am tired of the Andy Dalton is the Bear starting quarterback storyline. <laughs> He just is everybody. Yeah, he just is, and I get like every day there's like another national pundit who rips the Bears, you know, for not playing Justin Fields, and I get it, right? Makes for great conversation in Chicago. Makes for great conversation out at a bar talking about Justin Fields. Makes for great conversation. But Andy Dalton, since he was signed, since even Justin Fields was drafted, all the signs have been there that he's going to get this start at least in the early going. Like for us. When we didn't see him get those first team, when we didn't see Justin Fields get more opportunities with the starters in training camp after his first preseason game, like it's, yes, they're sticking with it. The plan is still here. Um, I guess I'm more tired of the complaints. Let's just see what happens now with Andy Dalton as the Bears starting quarterback. Well, I, look, I don't, I don't think, think it's going to be good, but that's just where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I, look, at this point, we don't have a choice. It's it's what's happening. <laughs> that's the, it's the that's so, part of the argument. This is just how it is, everybody. Yeah. And, look and nasty out there. It's bad. It's, uh, I can't even see the tree that is right in front of my house, like right in front of these windows. It is. Can you hear it at all? Not yet. Yeah. That's good. That means this audio equipment is good audio equipment. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty bad out there. But hey. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if I survive. Um, I don't know if we are going to survive the 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 quarterback controversy. The that's only a controversy outside of Hell's Hall. Um, but I think that's partly because a lot of people think it should be a controversy inside Hell's Hall. And look, I'll just keep saying what I have been saying. Just unfortunately, everyone needs some patience because I think it's going to take care of itself. Um, I do get a little concerned at times. The Bears are so. So invested in this idea of being too patient that they're they they're missing what's like right in front of them. I know it <laughs> seems like it's too good to be true, especially in Chicago. But um, yeah, see, I I'm 100 percent convinced that Annie Dalton will be given time to figure it out too, or attempt to figure it out. Like there will be struggles. There will be some bad throws. There will be some bad interceptions. But Andy Dalton will be given some time to figure it out. This is going to be like Mitch Trubisky where he has like one, two bad throws in Atlanta. And Matt Nagy's got that like that that hook thing when yeah. there's a, a guy in the stage you want to get off and, and there was a quick hook, you know, immediately throws in Nick Foles. I don't think he's going to have the quick hook for Andy Dalton. He's just not. Um, that itself is going to become another storyline because there will be some struggles for Andy Dalton to, to document and to, to highlight and story, especially in the, in the early going because the schedule is not easy for the Bears. Um, but yes. The, well, he, he, here's a scenario sorry, that can 
I've said this before. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can see why they are giving Andy this this shot. Like they signed him, they spent they spent the money, the ten million dollars, the you know whatever promises were were not made. Like I I I get it, and I also do actually agree with the idea that he hasn't done anything to lose the job yet. He's just not Justin Fields. Like I don't think he was given a fair shake in the preseason games. I know it didn't always look pretty. But I do. I, part of me also does want to see him with the full offense against a real defense, and to just see how it plays out. I'm not very optimistic about how it's going to play out, but I do want to see it. So I could see why the Bears are like, "Let's follow through with this." And I'm not sure Justin Fields playing Week One changes the results of the game. I'm just so there's a little preview for Thursday because I'm just not that optimistic about this week. But if they lose to the Bengals Week Two, like I think everyone's just. Like, oh, well, week two is a win. And I don't necessarily know that. I think the Bengals have a pretty good quarterback, too. Um, I think they've they've improved at wide receiver. I, I, I don't think it's good. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. So if that offense through two weeks is really sputtering and the Bears are 0-2, what do you think happens then? Oh, they're sticking with Andy Dalton. Who that's worth the that's where uh, Matt Nagy has to go over those scenarios he mentioned and have real conversations. I, I have a new starting point for the Justin Fields era for the Bears. Okay. It's going to be Halloween against the 49ers. Okay. I think they're going to be so maybe stubborn's not the right word. But again, I, I I strongly believe they're going to give Andy Dalton time to to right the ship. I think stubborn is the right word. If that's okay, the case, okay, that's the case. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so Halloween, so they could theoretically be like a three, four. Let's say they're one and three at least through the first four games, and that's giving them win at the Raiders versus the Packers. At the box, I mean, like best case scenario, they could be. I don't want to say best case scenario, but realistically, they could be like two and five at that point, or two and f- how many games have they played? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So two and five. Yeah, I'll give them three wins. Someone there, maybe a surprise win. I, I, I think you know as well as I do. That nothing sparks change at Hallis Hall more than a loss to the Packers. Mike Glennon's last stand. Who'd they play? The Packers. They played the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, and it was awful. Yes, just awful. So that October 17th game, you know, I was looking at the schedule this morning. I'm like, you know, yeah. I kind of feel like that needs to be discussed more in terms of gauging where Andy Dalton is and how much... They want to stick with this patient plan because you lose to the Packers. This organization above Matt Nagy is no longer patient. So this is where I have the argument with people who think that like for some reason this is helping their job security by not playing Justin Fields that I actually think the opposite. Because if they're two and five and make the switch, that is seven weeks You think it's bad now that they're getting murdered nationally on every television program every day to the point that it's pretty much obnoxious, which is why this is one of your tired storylines? 
imagine after they start losing. And at two and five, you're starting to talk about draft position, which the Bears don't have, by the way, because they traded their first round pick for Justin Fields. They're going to get... Now, I don't necessarily think that means the Bears' ownership is reacting the same way as what the what the calls will be publicly. But I just feel like that's, that's actually riskier to me. Like, that's a riskier proposition because I think that could start to make certain people wonder, especially if then Justin Fields starts playing and shows potential, but the Bears still aren't winning because they've dug themselves too big of a hole and they have too many problems across the board. That, to me, is a road that if you're Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, you don't want to go down. No. No, well, you, you have to prove that you're best for Justin Fields. Now, even though you're the two men who identified Justin Fields, drafted Justin Fields, have adored Justin Fields, you have to prove that you're the best for his future and the Bears' future. I, I still think it's a one, not a one-year, a two-year thing going on with those guys. That's where the evaluation has to be because, like, man, like I, I get that the patient plan is going to frustrate fans, maybe frustrate the McCaskey family, but... If you go ahead and completely clean house, I'm not saying like if they have a one win season, okay, clean house. But if they don't and you still clean house and you're just frustrated with Matt Nagy for whatever reason, like what are you doing to the quarterback? Then I this is and now I'm going down a, a road that I didn't expect to go down when I vented right. about Andy Dalton in the storyline. But then I would say that the organization itself is messing with the future of their future. Well, I think until we see how this plays out, that that's what a lot of people are worried about right now. Look how dark it's got at my house, by the way. Yeah. You, you, you look like you need a, a light. <laughs> Why don't you go turn a light on? <laughs> I am now. It's I mean, bright in here. You know, we start talking about Andy Dalton, and all of a sudden it gets dark in the house. It's a joke, everybody. It's a joke. Ooh, there is a storm coming through right as we talk about the uh, the quarterback uh, situation. So, all right. Um, that's you know the light comes on let's change let's change the subject and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games call 1-800-DIRECT-TV Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, other tired storylines. Um, there's so many, right? I'll give you another one. It's, and actually, I don't know if this should be a tired one, but it's Eddie Jackson. Like, it's just, it's just a, it's, to me, it's a perfect example of a player who deserves some criticism because his play level didn't match which who knows could end up being what we saw the ceiling was back in 2018, right? Maybe that's the case. But it's gone like completely overboard too. So like where a guy has become like one of the almost like villains on the team for some reason, like with the fan base. And like, I don't think that's fair. Oh, like this. As I burp into my microphone here. um, Like they're tired of hearing from Eddie Jackson because he's not making enough plays to mm-hmm. warrant the status of Eddie Jackson. But it's like a it's like an endless circle of then Eddie being sort of upset because he doesn't think he's being treated fairly, but also then admitting like he did yesterday, talking about the tackling issues, like that he does need to play better, and yet the results on the field have kind of stayed relatively steady, to be honest. Um, but also it's been eight months since a game was played, so like let's just all wait see how this looks. He's the 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 one player who I think should benefit most from like Sean Desai. Yeah, the freedoms he'll be given, the just the creativity he'll be afforded just to do different things that wasn't there with um, Chuck Pagano, and you'll hear it come out in his answers every now and then. It wasn't I don't think it was yesterday, but before you know, oh scheme this scheme that you know. So there's. There's real reasons why certain plays or certain opportunities for plays weren't there for Eddie Jackson. I think some of that has to do with what Chuck Chuck Pagano almost butchered his name there. Chuck Pagano, <laughs> Chuck Pagano, was doing, but prove it now, right? That's that's. I think that's where we're at. Like now, you just want to see it. Like enough talking about the lack of production and the tackling problems. Just go out and do it. Yeah. Um, and then like it part of. Sort of a sub layer to all that is also the touchdowns he had called back last year. Like again, fair because they they should have been touchdowns, um, but stop using them as like more than what they actually were, right? Because the bad stuff was still the bad stuff regardless, and so you can't just keep using that as something to prop them up. I. I don't know. Again, again, just kind of tired of hearing about it. I got another one for you. Okay. This is a relatively more recent one, too. The Bears are high and thankful for Jason Peters. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, you're not. You're really not. (laughs) No, you're not. Hall of Fame career. Fantastic player, dominant player in his prime. But not right now. Not yeah. a few days away from your opener against Los Angeles. I have my doubts that this guy can make it through the full game. I I, I really, really do. 
I'm not convinced that Larry Borm is not better than him right now. I'm serious about that. No, I think that's fair. So talk him up, like, whatever you want. That's what I get it. It's fine. It, it's but. almost like the Andy Dalton-Justin Fields thing, although I wouldn't say Larry Borum has quite the same potential. But, you know, you could make the argument, like, just play the rookie. Yeah. You kind of know what Jason Peters is now, just like you kind of know what Andy Dalton is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what you're getting from Andy Dalton, but so does, like, your opponents. It's like, it's the Robert Quinn thing. It's all the, the older veterans on the team, right? Like, you know what yeah. you're getting from Robert Quinn. Like, just... Like, if you valued Jason Peters this much, he would have been on your roster, like, months ago. Not weeks mm-hmm. ago. If you cut Charles Leno. I'm with you. All right. Um, let's do some uh, some Bears prop bets here. Okay. So, the Bears win total right now is seven and a half. You know, the funny thing about that is, Mm-hmm. They're only favored right now in like four games. <laughs> I know. So they're expecting some upsets, everybody. Well, I mean, the hard thing if you're going to actually put money on the Bears over under is for wins is, I guess, the unpredictability with the quarterback um, situation. But the schedule's still really hard. And I just, the more camp went, we were just getting kind of exhausted. I don't know. But the more holes I was starting to poke in things. And worry about the offensive line being one of them. That left tackle spot being one of them. And and I talked about it last week. Like there, there are um there's probably a list of six or seven guys that if they all work out, or even like a five of them work out, could totally shift things back in a positive way. Like if Larry Borum comes out of nowhere and is like, whoa, wow, this guy's actually left tackle and can play. Well, that's a big Problem solver. Travis Gibson turns into a starting caliber edge rusher. Big question mark. Possible. Could happen. Um, Maybe I'm wrong about the wide receivers I was talking about. Maybe Marquise Goodwin stays healthy and is a a real weapon. Maybe. Um, But that's, I don't know. It just, you start to go down that road, the Kindleville door. Duke Shelley, are they really both going to be not a problem? Like, that one seems like a leap to me. I'll say this. The Bears aren't the only team in the NFL with, like, serious holes. I mean, you could go across the board in the NFC North. Just a lot of teams have concerns, right? I, I think with, with me, it is it is the quarterback thing. Though, Like, when you start evaluating like wins and losses and making my, like when I make my predictions every week, I always start at the quarterback position. Yeah. Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton. Well, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow or Andy Dalton. Well, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield or Andy Dalton. Baker Mayfield, you know, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton. No, we're talking. Not like, like that's, that's how I go down things. Um, I will say this though. The bears somehow managed to be a 500, 500 team last year. <laughs> I think I've said this like numerous times, so let's say it again. They went 8-8 eight and eight last year, and that was despite a quarterback controversy and despite, what, a six-game losing streak where things just looked horrendous and the the futures of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy seemed to be in doubt. Somehow made the playoffs. Didn't do well in the playoffs, but they made it. To me, the Bears are a middle-of-the-pack team where they could maybe get eight or nine wins. 
Maybe the bottom of that is six to seven. They're in that range to me. So here's a counterpoint to that. Because I have gone down that road too. Like, man, they still managed to go 500, at, give it, you know, regardless of everything that happened. And I think if they do play Justin Fields, they'll be better at quarterback. But defense is another year older. Are they better on offense? Like right now with Andy Dalton, are they better on offense? I think they can be if they play Justin Fields. But right now, I'm not so sure. Okay, they got probably worse on special teams, at least on base of what we've seen so far. And the schedule is at least as hard, if not harder. So... And then I go back to that six-game losing streak. One way to look at it is to say, oh, they still managed to go 500 despite that. Another way to look at it is it happened, which means it's something that could happen. Like the idea that I, I, I didn't think that the Bears were a team that were in danger of ever having one of those spiraling out of control NFL seasons, which sometimes happens. We've seen it happen. Well, we've seen Matt Nagy weather the storm as we sit in storms. It's very yeah. nasty outside my house right now. Like and finish eight and eight. Yeah. Like he's dealt with some crap and gotten out of it. But but at what point is if it starts to happen again, do you lose the buy in that I've always said I think he has and had last year, I think was a big reason why they were able to rebound out of that. That's what I wonder about. And if you have a couple key injuries here and there, it just I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just, I guess to get back to the question, which was a seven and a half over under on the win total. I'm going to go under. Like if I had to bet it, I would go under. Have you seen Mike Sandos, the, the athletic NFL insiders latest column or one of his most recent columns? Uh, asking executives to rank the teams in either conference. Have you seen that? No, I have not yet. So he has the Bears. He was actually surprised by this because the Bears were a playoff team last year. But Mm -hmm. in his rankings, or his polling, I should say, the Bears finished 14th out of the 16 teams in the NFC. Like that's where the executive... Polling projected them. Wow. 14th. 14th. Can you name the two teams underneath them? See if you could guess. The Lions. There you go. And the Eagles. No. Hang Stay on. Stay in the NFC East. Oh, the Giants? The Giants. Well, I actually think the Giants might be okay. See, now like, I'll disagree with executives. And let's just be mm-hmm. honest. Sometimes this is a matter of opinion. I think this reflects... Maybe the the Andy Dalton consensus consensus out there, but like they're behind the Falcons, they're behind the Panthers, they're behind the Eagles. But again, I think it goes back to the quarterback conversation. I take Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, and maybe even Jalen Hurts some days over Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's. 
Well, that's interesting. And our listeners should definitely check that out. I will check that out on the athletic, the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you can read stories like that. Um, man. That it, it, it's stuff like that. that just makes you and now stuff that there's been national guys that have been down on the bears before and they've been proven wrong, but that this is like polling of other executives in the league. So, all right, where else can we go? How about um, division winner? Scroll down here to the uh, NFC North. Now, the Packers, not surprisingly, are favored. Minus 165. The Vikings are then second, plus 280. And then the Bears, third, plus 550. And I don't necessarily think think the Vikings are that great. I don't either. But there's a significant gap there between the Vikings and Bears. And then there's the Lions at plus 2,100. <laughs> That's bad. You know, one of my favorite storylines this year in the NFL is all the, the sound bites that the Lions' Dan Campbell is going to deliver every single week. That that's just headed for disaster. But um, the Bears, can you name the five teams below them for in the odds to win the NFC, the NFC Championship? Well, the Giants, mm-hmm. the Eagles, yes, the Lions, yes. There's five of them. Yep. Five of them. That kind of surprises you. You think that they should be even lower? No, no, no. I, I well, the other two are in the a- NFC South. Oh, New Orleans and Carolina. No, Atlanta and Carolina. Atlanta and Carolina. Yeah, but Saints are still significantly ahead of the Bears. Now I will say this: when we did our polling for the Athletic and our power rankings. I put the Bears above all those teams. Interesting. Even Why? though I would, even though I would take some of the quarterbacks over Andy Dalton, I just think there's just too many. Well, there's too many questions about quarterback Jameis Winston in New Orleans, Sam Darnold, new system down there. Who knows? Um, who the Falcons? Like uh, that seems like a team on a, on a on verge of a major rebuild. And, and I know what I just said about the quarterbacks, but I think overall, in terms of team. I think the Bears just have better rosters than a lot of those teams. Yeah. Well, maybe overall, but. And again, it goes to Justin Fields. Like, that changes the conversation about everything. Every power ranking, every executive anonymous polling. Which changes everything. Which makes you wonder, like, what are they waiting for then? If it's that unanimous around the league, in the media, with the fans, like, it's just. Like, like you mentioned, all, like all those quarterbacks I just listed, even going to like the Baker Mayfield, I would take Justin Fields over Baker Mayfield. Oh, I would too. Yeah, I would. And you and I have both been very critical of Matthew Stafford. Like, well, like I feel like this is a perfect year for, like, what's the argument about Matthew Stafford? He's been underrated, underappreciated, overlooked mm-hmm. in Detroit. Well, now he's got a chance to prove all that wrong, right? 
now we get to see whether or not he's overrated by his current team and his contract and all that. Well, that's certainly the big storyline if, you, if you're in L.A. and on the other side of this matchup Sunday. You get a good test against the Bears defense, and if you perform well, then it's, see, all he needed was to get out of Detroit. And if he doesn't, then it's, well, that's the same Matthew Stafford. So, we'll see. We'll, we'll see there. I don't know. Um, all right. Are you, who are you picking to win the NFC North? Packers. The last dance for Aaron Rodgers, for Devontae Adams. I'm not sure they're better, though, as a team. No, but I'm not sure the Bears are either with Andy Dalton. Oh yeah, I'm picking. Just to be clear, I'm yeah. picking. Yeah, I'm yes. picking the Packers yeah. to win the North too. I, I guess. Do I? Think I don't know the, if they're a legitimate Super Bowl. Contender. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they are either. I don't think they are either. And it's gonna be like Aaron Rodgers still gonna be very dangerous, but it would be hard to duplicate what he did last year Absolutely. when he was just a straight killer. So, well, um, you know, he's, he wants to be a straight killer again in his last season. There, like. That's how he's going to go out there in Green Bay. But I don't know if that end result is still a Super Bowl championship. Who finishes second? See, I'm not – this is where, like, you could really debate everything I just said earlier in this podcast because I'm not sold on the Vikings. I think the Bears are just as good as the Vikings. My guy, Kirk Cousins, doesn't exactly win big games, does he? If – no, he doesn't. If he if uh if Justin Fields plays at least twelve games, I'll pick the Bears to come in second. If not, I think the Vikings come in second. What if he takes over in week eight, like my bold prediction? Midpoint. Still has a lot of football now, an extra game. Yeah. And I think two matchups against the Vikings. Well, I'm pretty sure, according to math, that is not 12 <laughs> games. <laughs> and so I stand by what I said. Okay. There's no what ifs. I said what I said. 12 games. Bears come in second. Maybe get a wild card berth. <laughs> you know, you bring up the what if. Have no 12 that? games. No ticky, no tacky. So all the Marvel fans will appreciate this comparison right now, or whatever you want to call it. You know, that show, like, what if? Like, I, I know you watched all the Marvel movies last year, so I don't know if you realize this, because if you gotta, you got to catch up on all the TV shows. They're, when do I do that? They're bringing in this multiverse, just so you know. This is what we're, this is what we're dealing with. What does that even mean? There's, it means, like, two different realities for, like, one person. I did watch like the first episode of Loki. Okay, so what you have right now is like two different realities for the Chicago Bears. The one where you start Justin Fields and the one where you start Andy Dalton. And, you know, they're just, they're going different directions, it just seems like. All the Marvel fans will appreciate that reference. I'm sure of it. They are going different directions. Actually, having not seen all the shows you're talking about, that still made a lot of sense to me, and I agree with it. So... All right, we should get out of here. We'll be back Thursday with our preview episode. Uh, who we got coming on to join us? Jordan. You don't want to attempt her last name? Our Rams writer. 
Jordan is Jordan Rodrique, right? Is yes, that how you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she yeah, she does great work for the Athletic, covering she's the been tough to get though. This might be the first time she's been on the podcast. Nah. Well, she we've, co- we've had Rich Hammond before. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, she used to cover the Panthers, right? Yeah, but we we would get Joe Person. Yeah. Yeah. No. So she'll be on. Uh, we'll do our regular beat writer preview as we do every week, and then um, pick our games. Pick the games. Who will pick the Bears? <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say it's pretty obvious who we're leaning on. Maybe Kent, our Sunday producer, night. We'll pick the Bears. Man, how bummed do you think NBC is right now? Well, for the Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford showdown. The yeah. Bears are always a big draw. They're not bummed. The ratings are going to be one of their best for the season. Well, the ratings are always good, but the games are not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen the Bears just absolutely get demolished on Twitter during these primetime <laughs> games? Like, they don't get demolished in the score. They just, it's just ugly. And everyone's like, this, that, like, negative. That's why they have the reputation they do, if we're being honest. So, see how it goes. We'll break it all down Thursday. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, NBCSportsChicago.com for me. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. You can get all the Johnsy stuff, Kevin Fishbane, the whole crew. It's all really good. Worth subscribing. And uh, make sure you check out our shirts on ObviousShirts.com. We're getting there. We're getting closer and closer and closer in game week. And we will talk to you and preview it all on Thursday. See ya. Justin Fields time, baby. Hey, football fans. This is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.